Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. For many, it feels like a pipe dream, a fairy tale once told by a monk to a class of loyal disciples. But are the regular folk who live everyday, busy, complicated and unpredictable lives ever capable of finding inner peace? Today's guest not only thinks it's possible, but makes it the basis of her work. Amelia Harvey is a life coach who guides women from inner critic to inner peace. She inspires women to let go of self-doubt self-sabotage and connect with their intuition and best selves so that they can live their most radiantly healthy and happy lives with ease. Before we jump into this inspiring interview, I'd like to gently remind you that the success of this show has a lot to do with how well it's ranking on iTunes. Unfortunately, because I had a few weeks off for some R&R, I slid off the charts completely. The only way to get me back on there is to leave a rating or review and you can do it right now in the podcast app. It takes two seconds, and it will determine whether or not I keep recording these shows. So please keep the Inspired Table podcast alive and leave me a five-star rating or brief review. I'm a life coach, and I work with women to help them create more inner peace in their life. And I do that by showing them how to get connected to their truth and their intuition and how to practice self-love. So I feel like that combo of intuition and self-love is really what creates inner peace in our lives. And um, I do that through one-on-one coaching and I have an event that I run called the Inner Peace Party and I have a group program that I just turned into an online program. Um, Yeah, I, I love it. And obviously through my blog with videos and that kind of thing as well. But yeah, my background is in psychology and I have an honors degree in psych and I found that what had really supported me to feel amazing in my life was incorporating a little bit more of the intuitive stuff and a little bit more of the spiritual stuff. And that's why I started blogging and then kind of just snowballed from there and started taking clients and these different ideas dropped in. So yeah, that's kind of my, you know, a snippet of my journey. (laughs) So I mean, inner peace is a, is a big part of what you do. Why did it become such a central theme for you? 
Mm. Well, what I found was that a big issue that a lot of my clients were coming to me with was their inner critic and, you know, just beating themselves up, this self-doubt, this anxiety, the overthinking, this negative spiral and just feeling really stuck in that place. And I do a lot of work with them around the inner critic, but I feel like what we need after we've dealt with the inner critic is somewhere to go. And if we don't have somewhere to go, we just kind of go back and hang out with our inner critic. And the place that we have to go is our is that inner peace and is our intuition and that that place of knowing within us. So um, I guess it's kind of like the more positive side of the work that I do is moving towards that inner peace as opposed to moving away from the inner critic. And there's just so many ways that we can create more peace in our life. So for me, it's a really juicy topic that I can really approach from so many different angles depending on who I'm working with or who I'm talking to. And um, I just feel like the more peaceful I am, the happier I am and the more my life flows. So it's something that I really love sharing. I have wondered about this and I'm wondering if you can shine some light on it for me. I guess the inner critic could also be viewed as our ego, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's definitely a level of healthiness to having that ego inside of us because it gives us a little bit of light and dark, you know, so that we have something to compare that inner peace with. Definitely. So do you think that do you think that our inner critic plays a role in our lives, like a healthy role in our lives at all? Or do you think that it's something that we need to be constantly sort of quietening and taming? Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's such an interesting thing because a lot of my clients are like, how do I like def like kill the inner critic? Like how do I destroy it? I don't want to hear it anymore. And the fact of it is we're not going to be able to. And exactly like you said, without the dark, we can't have the light. And it all depends on how we relate to our inner critic. If we hear that first like sentence of self-doubt pop into our mind and we run away with it and we let it create a story and we let it turn into something that means something about who we are and prevents us from doing the things we want to do, then it's not a helpful voice for us. But if we're using it as a signal that we need to reconnect, then it's become something that's really beneficial. And that's what I teach my clients to do is kind of instead of trying to shut it up, instead of ignoring it, being really interested in like what triggers the inner critic, what makes it go crazy, what kind of things does it say to you and being able to detach from it and use it as like a little nudge that's going, hey, you disconnected, like come back to that peaceful place, come back to that place of intuition and, um, you know, you are getting caught up in that anxious place that is just sending you into fear town instead of taking you to a place where you really feel good and you make choices that make you feel good. So if we, if we want to um, begin to tap into our intuition and be able to trust our intuition, we need to be able to identify our intuition, right? And I know that I can struggle with it sometimes. I kind of can't work out, you know, if it's my mind being quite analytical about something or, you know, if it's um, my ego driving me there or whether it is my heart and my intuition that's leading me. So how do we kind of master that skill? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I get asked this question every time I speak. People are like, how do I know the difference? Like, which is which? When I don't want to do something, is it because my intuition is saying no? Or is it because my inner critic is telling me, you know, mm. it's all scary? 
Um, so the the biggest difference that I can explain between the inner critic and the intuition is that the inner critic is a voice and it will speak to you like in sentences. It will say words. It's very verbal. Whereas the intuition is a feeling and they they have really different energies. Like um, the the inner critic, you'll feel almost like a frantic energy. Like I feel like when I'm in that fear place, I kind of feel it like buzzing around in front of my body if I tune into like where am I experiencing this in a physical way at the moment, whereas the intuition is like deep in my belly, deep in my kind of like solar plexus, like it's it's in my body and it's a gentle feeling. It's not this big frantic story. Yes. Um, and that's another really good way to tell the difference is the inner critic will create a story. The inner critic will say, oh, you know, what if you text that guy and then he doesn't text you back and then he thinks you're stupid and blah, blah, blah. It'll create this story. Your intuition will just be like, maybe I'll text him later. Mm. So they can they can lead you to the same place, but the inner, the inner critic journey will probably be really fear-driven, whereas the intuitive journey is really love-driven and you've got this peacefulness because you're trusting. So that peace kind of holds your hand along the whole journey when you're trusting your intuition whereas the inner critic is so analytical and it's got that more frantic energy with it so I find yeah if you're somebody who can tune into those sensations and it definitely takes practice like our whole life we are sort of taught like think things through write your pros and cons list figure it out and because we when we do that we use our inner critic when it comes to kind of actively becoming more intuitive it's a really foreign way of dealing with things for a lot of us at the beginning so it's something that like give yourself a chance to feel your way into both of them um and another way one final way that you can tell which is which after the fact is if you've gone against your intuition if something's worked out how you haven't wanted it to work out and you've had that feeling of like i knew it Mm-hmm. I knew I shouldn't have gone there or I knew I should have gone. I knew I shouldn't have called. I knew I should have taken that risk. I knew I should have taken that trip. Like that feeling of I knew it is your intuition being like, I tried. Like I was I was trying to, to guide you on that one, but you listened to your inner critic and later on you have that reflection. So even though you went against your intuition in that in that time, you learned something from it. And we have to go through these you know, trusting that inner critic and then trusting the intuition to be able to get to a place where we understand the difference between the two and so we can more kind of actively choose which place we want to hang out in. Yeah. Can you, could you describe that, um, that intuitive feeling as a gut feeling? Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's where you feel it. And it's often, it's it's something that can be really hard to put into words and it's something that you just are like, oh, I don't know, maybe I want to do that or maybe I don't want to do that. Like, I think a lot of people expect that when they start to tune into their intuition, it's going to be like this lightning bolt moment and they're going to have these realizations and be like, that's my soulmate, that's my life purpose. And the intuition doesn't always work like that. It rarely works like that. It's more that it's these little kind of nudges where you're like, oh, it might be nice for me to try yoga. Mm. Or it's weird, like I'm, I'm really interested in painting at the moment. 
or um, anything like that. So it's these tiny or even something like, um, you know, I don't feel like eating this sort of food is making me feel so good at the moment. Maybe I'll see what I feel like if I don't eat it. Like it's not, it's not necessarily these huge like, you know, life-changing realizations, but it's trusting those nudges that get you to a place where you do feel really peaceful and really connected and really like on purpose because you've been going with those little nudges along the way. So how does trusting your intuition create this inner peace that we're after? Basically, because it, it is the voice of love, it will always lead us towards the experiences that our soul is meant to be having. Whereas when we are up in our head and we're people-pleasing or we're doing the things that we think we should be doing or we're acting from that fear-based place that isn't coming from like, this is what I really want to do, um, it just takes us away from our path and it often gets us to a place where we're extremely driven by external achievements, we're extremely driven by pleasing other people and we don't feel good. We just feel like we're a fraud or we feel like we're... Um, trapped in a place that we don't want to be we feel like we should be so much happier than we are Um, and potentially we get sick as well which happened to me recently over last weekend in fact for both nights of the weekend my intuition said to me like stay at home relax you've had such a flat out week like just chill out but I'd sort of already made plans and I chose to ignore that. I could feel it. I could feel that intuition coming through. And usually I kind of run my life by my intuition, but I was like, oh, I'll go. It'll be fine. And so I went to something on Friday night, went to something on Saturday night. Sunday morning, I woke up sick. And I had that, I knew it moment where I was like, I, like my intuition, my body was telling me on Friday, just chill out. And I ignored that and I got sick. And that's like a small example of a cold that I got. But it can lead you down this path of getting really sick and getting these chronic illnesses because you've kept ignoring that intuitive nudge of like maybe this career path isn't right for you or maybe this food isn't right for you, maybe this relationship is toxic for you. And if we keep going against that, we become really kind of in a place where we're either emotionally or physically sick, whereas the inner peace comes when we trust that intuition because we're really connected with what we're meant to be doing and what feels good for us and the more we feel good the easier it is for us to feel peaceful if you compared to us sort of you know ticking the boxes and doing a career we hate it's really hard to feel peaceful whereas if we follow those nudges and create a career that we love it just becomes so much easier to feel peaceful yeah and I guess it's you know it's something that you practice over a lifetime right like you don't you don't find your peace and then <laughs> just walk around all peaceful for the rest of the day. Yes. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got careers we have to deal with. We've got families and children and bills mm. and all the rest of it. So how do we balance all of that with this inner peace? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's so true. Like we can't, we can't necessarily set up every area of our life to create inner peace for us. And I think, yeah, that word balance is such a kind of fraught concept because a lot of people are like I want balance but they think that balance is like this many hours of sleep this many hours of work this many hours of exercise like and it's all this external scheduling but to create that feeling of balance and that feeling of inner peace even though we might have a busy week it's really about just doing those things that make us feel good instead of trying to strict to 
an idea of what an external view of balance looks like. So maybe you have to work 70 hours one week, but what can you fit in that will make you feel more peaceful? Maybe it's a reminder on your phone that will prompt you to take five deep breaths five times a day. And that will create more peace for you because that's all the time that you've got. Mm. Or maybe it's booking in, you know, like blocking out your weekend and going, I'm not going to do anything this weekend so I can recharge. And it's about just being aware of what makes us feel good and making sure that we are supporting ourselves before we are kind of giving to other people. And I guess that's where the self-love part of it comes in is really making you feel great before you start to try and give and not being afraid to look at your life and to change things up if it's not working for you then don't be afraid to step out of that paradigm that you're stuck in of working 60 or 70 hours a week and take a look at it and ask yourself like is this making me feel good because if your life isn't making you feel good and if you've got or you've got the majority of your life that isn't making you feel good and then the rest of it's kind of counteracting that, that's not balance and it's okay to change things up and it's okay to go through a process of just clearing that slate as much as you can and then asking yourself, like, what do I want to do? What do I feel inspired to do? What am I drawn to? What do I, like, how do I want to spend my days? And rebuilding it in a way that, has more of that feeling good in it so that you do start to become more balanced and then that creates more of that inner peace in your life. Self-love is such a big talking point at the moment, but I know that a lot of people become paralysed by the idea of it because they're so used to putting the other people in their lives before them. You know, they're, they're either the caretaker or the mother or the provider, the breadwinner, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people who are in that position to be able to focus a little bit more on themselves? Mm. I always um, give this analogy of an apple tree to people who are struggling with the whole idea of practicing self-love and prioritizing themselves. So imagine you've got two apple trees and the first apple tree, this apple tree is not practicing self-love. All it cares about is making as many apples as it can and all it cares about is like I just want to make the most apples because that will make as many people as possible happy so it puts all its energy into creating heaps of apples the second apple tree is the self-love apple tree and that tree is thinking about how it can be the best tree it can be and it's like I'm gonna soak up the sunshine I'm gonna put my roots really deep and get all those nutrients I'm just gonna do what what feels good for me as a tree and just be the best tree I can And as a result, that tree grows these beautiful, juicy, nourishing apples. And maybe there are more apples on the first tree, but when people come to eat them, they're like small and shriveled and they don't make anyone feel full or satisfied or supported or anything like that. Whereas those apples that are on the second tree, people eat them and they're just like, oh, this is amazing. I feel so nourished. This is a beautiful apple. Like, I'm so glad I'm eating it. And the experience they have is extremely nourishing. So that's kind of what the way I help people look at self-love so that they don't feel so guilty about looking after themselves first. Because unless we look after ourselves, the quality of what we give is just not there. If we are not nurturing ourselves to feel good, 
you know, if we're showing up to a girlfriend and having coffee with her and she needs some emotional support and we're running ourselves ragged by working too much and spending too much time on our phone and not giving ourselves the things we need, it's really hard for us to be there and to hold space for her. But if we are just really focused on looking after who we are, when it comes to giving, we just have so much more to give and we don't sit there kind of half there going, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. Oh, my God, why is she dumping all her shit on me? We sit there like I'm so glad I can share this time with her and I'm so glad I've got some support to give her because I've already filled up my my self-love cup. So what practices then can we include in our day, like really practical kind of tips, I guess, um, to create that that inner peace and that self-love? Well, I mean, of course it's different for everyone because we don't all feel peaceful via the same means, but there are lots of, I think more than it's about creating more practices, the first step that I like to give people is just to create more intention around the practices that you already have to be an act of self-love or to bring you inner peace. For example, when you're having a shower, like it's so, we're so lucky to have beautiful warm showers and whenever you go traveling and you don't have access to them, you realize how amazing they are and then you come home and you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is just what we have. Mm. But you know, imagine if you got into the shower and you just took a deep breath and enjoyed how the water felt on your body and were present there like how much peace that could bring you instead of just jumping in and going through the motions and you know up in your head going shit I'm late for work this is what I've got to do oh my goodness like blah 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 and we it can be whatever experience you want it to be in that moment and um I mean don't don't stand there too long and waste water and (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's those little things or even like making yourself a cup of tea like buy your favorite tea Don't go and buy the cheap tea, buy the fancy tea that you really love and enjoy like standing there and taking a couple of deep breaths while the kettle boils. Enjoy the smell of it when you pour the water into the cup and bring like use these little moments to come back into your body and back into that aware state where you can connect with that inner peace because it's when we're hanging out with our inner critic and we're up in our head and we're jumping into the future and thinking about what's next, what have I got to do, or beating ourselves up or we're jumping into the past going, I wish I didn't do that or why did I eat that or why did I say that? Um, we can't connect with that peaceful place. So if we have like these little moments, and like I said before, reminding yourself to Um, putting a reminder on your phone to take some deep breaths. I love doing my angel cards in the morning. I find that really grounds me. Obviously, meditation is a really beautiful one. Um, I have a a free inner peace meditation actually on my website, which is really good for just embodying that feeling of inner peace. Um, It could be journaling for you. It could be standing outside with no shoes on or standing outside in the sunshine. It's using like beautiful natural products that make you feel amazing and kind of draw you into the present moment. I also love essential oils and just creating a lovely space. So like right now, I've got my candle burning and I've got my essential oils on and my salt lamp next to me. And it's just these little things that we can inject in without having to go, I have to commit to creating peace with an hour every day. It's like work with what you're already doing and see if you can start to feel peaceful without having to try and add more stuff to your to-do list, which can be counterproductive, even if it is something like a yoga class. If it's stressing you out to get there, it's not going to have the desired effect. So 
yeah, I, I find that having that peaceful intention wrapped around the things that we're already doing is just a really, really powerful way to just start feeling more peaceful straight away. And really manageable for people because it's not about introducing new routines. It's just working with the stuff that you're already doing. I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you think is the biggest hurdle for people? I mean, the biggest hurdle is definitely that in, that inner critic and not knowing how to drop out of that inner critic space and, um, you know, thinking that we have to always be in our head and always be thinking things and, I think the reason that the inner critic is such a hurdle is because a lot of us just don't have that awareness of it and we're not used to watching it. So what I always get my clients to do is to start just jotting down the things that trigger their inner critic and the things that it says, not to create any more of a story there, but just to start really getting aware. Like I kind of give them the analogy that what we want to do with our inner critic is assume that you know, it's going to follow us into every room that we walk into for the rest of our life. It's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. It's going to hang out with us. So how can we deal with that is by instead of kind of walking into a room and just being like, I'm just going to pretend it's not there and ignore it and, you know, just try and distract myself with something else and allow it to almost like come up behind us and start whispering nasty things in our ear is if we walk into the room and then we turn around and we look at our inner critic and we say, I don't want to talk to you. Just go and sit in the corner. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Like I, I hear that you're telling me that I'm too fat to get a relationship or that I um, don't have enough money to go on a holiday that I want to, but I'm not interested in hearing it. So go and sit over there. And, you know, by having that awareness, we can do something with it. And then we that's when we bring ourselves back to that peaceful place. But if we're not looking at it, it just literally hovers around behind us and it's like, your thighs are too big. That thing that you said yesterday at work was stupid. Nobody is ever going to like you. And it can snowball into this thing that we just kind of are so suffocated by without us even realizing because we haven't turned around and looked at it and been like, I don't want to listen to you. And when you start listening to it, it's kind of like, you know, like a crazy drunk person yelling at you on the street. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, what has my bank balance got to do with my worthiness? Mm. Your inner critic will be like, oh, they're related. And you're like, you don't like, you don't know what you're talking about because my intuition tells me that's not true. And whether I have a million dollars or $3, I'm still worthy of love and all of the things that I desire. And yeah, it kind of is like, but what about that thing that happened with when you were a kid? Or what about that thing your parents said to you? And it will try and create this story. But when we look at it, we're like, oh, really? Like, that, that's just insane. And it will use the same stuff on you again and again. And you it, you get to a place where you're like, that again? Like, you're going to do that, like, money stuff again? I don't know. Like, yeah. Get some new material. Like <laughs> I've heard this before. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess another way to look at it is that inner peace, it is there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not something we have to create. It's already there within us, right? It's about peeling back the layers of the inner critic to find it. Yeah. I heard a beautiful analogy in a podcast I was listening to the other day. I think it was an interview with, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy who created the Headspace app. Oh, yes. Um, Andy, Andy, someone. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and he was talking about how that peaceful feeling is the blue sky that um, is always like up in the sky but sometimes we have a cloudy day and we can't see it and it takes us a little bit longer to find that beautiful clear blue sky and that's exactly what that inner peace feeling is it is always there and you can always tap into it and there's no finite amount of peace there there's as much peace as you want to find but that inner critic is like the gray clouds that come over and some days it's like a massive storm and there's hail and there's lightning and your inner critic's just kind of shooting all over you and it's harder to get to the to that beautiful blue sky on those days but you can always get there and it is always there and it's something that it's like we can hop in a plane and fly up and see the blue sky well we can do that on an internal level and connect with that peace no matter how crazy life is is getting it's always there yeah that's beautiful so tell me you run these inner peace parties what does that involve yeah um I love my inner peace parties I still remember the moment where I like intuitively got the got that that phrase inner peace party popped into my mind I was I was in the shower obviously being intentional and being in the um so it's it's a guide that people can get on my website actually that's a free guide that basically takes them through a self-care and self-reflection ritual so there's um some journaling exercises and there's a meditation and there's some self-care aspects in there as well but then I also run it as an event where people can come along and we kind of go through self-reflection but there's heaps of discussion and heaps of connection um with other women because I feel like and in my group program as well this has been some one of the biggest things that I found has helped people is for women to realize that we're not alone in that we get caught up with our inner critic all the time and that we feel like we're not good enough and that we have self-doubt like we all go through that experience and when we start to realize we're not the only one who can be really nasty to ourselves. It starts to make us more gentle with ourselves because we often have the intuitive reaction when we hear somebody else who's beating themselves up. It's like, no, no, like you're amazing, you're wonderful, don't beat yourself up. And when we've started to use that with somebody else, it becomes easier to start to use that gentleness with ourselves. So I love bringing the women together and getting these discussions going and creating that space where they can be really open and really vulnerable and just share kind of what's going on with them and how their inner critic works. And then also we do lots of sharing around the whole inner peace stuff. So people are sharing different things that they've done that makes that brings them inner peace, like limiting their phone time or being more intentional with their day or having a gratitude practice, little things like that. So it's so I just think it's so powerful to bring women together in general um, and especially in a state where we're not kind of comparing ourselves to each other but where we're openly supporting and sharing with each other so it's yeah I love I love them like I'm just so excited before I get to run these events and um, I'm just looking at some new dates to hopefully get around the country maybe in July yeah beautiful so you're based in Perth aren't you yeah Yeah. okay great so if people want to find out more about what you do and um, a little bit more about the inner peace parties where should they go just go to my website, which is um, ameliaharvey.com.au, and I also share about it on my social medias, so Instagram um, and Facebook, of course. I've got a Facebook group called the Happy Healthy Inner Peace Facebook group, so I usually give my email list the first access, and then I give 
the girls in the Happy Healthy Inner Peace Facebook group, Second Access to Buying Tickets and um, anything really that I'm doing. So um, that's a beautiful, supportive place and I share lots of stuff in there and it's a great place to ask for advice and, um, yeah, just share where you're at and trust that you're surrounded by really supportive women from all over the world. I think we just ticked over a 1,000 girls in that group, so that's pretty awesome. Oh, that's really um, awesome. And Snapchat as well. I'm really loving Snapchat lately. Um, it's such a fun way of, like, sharing stuff off the cuff and so any little moments of peace that I have in my day I try and hop on there and just share that with people to hopefully give them some ideas about creating more peace as well I haven't jumped on the snapchat bandwagon yet something about (laughs) it terrifies me I don't know what it is I was like that as well I I resisted it and I mean there definitely is like the snapchat oversharing is almost hilarious because sometimes like you'll follow someone and they'll be like just driving to the beach and then the next Snapchat's like still driving to the beach and you're like I don't know if this is very interesting to me um it's not like personal oversharing it's just like I don't need to see every second of your day oversharing yeah yeah yeah. but often yeah it's really it's really fun and it's just like so much more casual because I think Instagram used to be casual but now it's much more curated where and Snapchat's this really off-the-cuff casual social media yeah Snapchat's the new Instagram all right maybe I'll try it out yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, honey. Well, thank you so much for um, talking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes. And um, I look forward to creating some more inner peace. If you liked this week's episode, head on over to the blog for all the show notes, theinspiredtable.com.au. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration before next week's episode, come and find me on Instagram at theinspiredtable or over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash theinspiredtable. Until next week's episode, I'm Jordana Levine wishing you an inspirational week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.